You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. I'm Pastor Jamie. I'm the Connections Pastor and the Children's Pastor here at the Gateway Church. Um, glad that you are here <clears throat> with us this morning. Uh, let's just go ahead and pray. Father, we just uh, thank you so much for your presence that is here. Father, I thank you that your word is powerful. Your word is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates, God. And I just ask that you would speak to us through your word this morning, that we would hear exactly what you want us to hear, Father, and that our lives would be changed. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Amen. Well, if you know me, you know that I love memes. M-E-M-E. So for those of you who do not know what memes are, they are like an image or a text that's typically humorous in nature, and then it's shared rapidly over the internet. You either love them or you don't understand them at all. I love them, and they are actually one of my love languages. And before our church hired our awesome youth pastors, Pastor Sean and Renissa, I was asked to help kind of intern with our youth ministry. And one of my favorite things to do before I preached every week to the youth was to share. I called them J-memes. My name is Jamie. I love memes, and when you mash them together, you get J-memes. It's utterly ridiculous, but the youth loved it. I loved it, and I just want to share with you a few of my J-memes with you this morning. Are you ready? Okay. Me calling God to make sure I'm registered for the fun and successful package and not the trials and tribulations package. It's so bad. I know. I told you, you either love them or you're like, seriously. All right, next one. Christmas is here. After months of planning, everyone at the church can finally rest. Easter. (laughs) I love it. After all the eating I did over the holidays, I'm happy to report that my socks still fit. All right, next one. Coming back to work after a holiday. (laughs) I know we all feel that. All right. When the preacher says to bring your problems to the altar. (laughs) Sorry. Mike Jones, I love you so much. That's my husband. I'm just messing. I hate that they spelled altar wrong. Sorry, that just kills me. But anyways, it's, it was too good to not share. Hurry, our New Year's resolutions start in 10 minutes. <sighs> All right, this one's just bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's wrong. <laughs> not even, okay, anyways. I don't call them New Year's resolutions. I prefer the term... Casual promises to myself that I am under no legal obligation to fulfill. (laughs) How many of you guys have New Year's resolutions that you do? Don't be shy. It's okay. How many of you have had them this year and already failed miserably? It's fine. It's fine. You can always tell the people who give up like sugar and bread and caffeine because for the first few weeks of January, they're just miserable. All right. You can just see it on their faces. Uh, One year I gave up probably about 99% of what I was eating for some health reasons. And I vaguely remember being tempted to eat a laundry basket. I was so hangry. It was bad. (laughs) We, we are all trying to better ourselves, aren't we? Or we're trying to better things around us. Going to the gym, getting our hair done, painting our living rooms, detailing our cars, rearranging the furniture. We're we're always trying to better ourselves, right? And I think it's good for us to be healthy. I think that God wants us to take care of our bodies and our lives and to be good stewards of the things that he has given us, right? But I've also learned something very, very important. That no matter how much 
you better yourself or you better the things around you, that we will never be truly satisfied with our life, with our house, our spouse, our job, our kids, anything around us, until we are consistently on our knees every day before God, living a life of surrender. Amen? In 100% surrender is 100% freedom. The best version of you, it will always be Jesus in you. And the best version of me will always be Jesus in me. We need the Lord. When I was asked to preach uh, several weeks ago, I was out walking my dog. And I was just praying. And I heard the Lord whisper two words over and over to me. Consecrate yourselves. Consecrate yourselves. And I prayed and I was like, God, what, what do you have for us? What, what do you want to speak to us? And God led me to the book of Joshua. And if you have your Bible, I want you to open up to the book of Joshua, chapter 3. We're going to be starting at verse 5. So just listen, the book of Joshua, it's very fascinating to me. Joshua himself, he's an incredible He's an incredible person. He's just a brilliant military leader. He led the nation of Israel into the promised land. And through his leadership, they crossed the Jordan River on dry ground, which was miraculous. They defeated the big city of Jericho. And then they went on throughout the book. They moved from city to city. And they destroyed every trace of idol worship. The key to Joshua's success, it was not his intelligence. It wasn't his strength. It wasn't his big army, his money, his resources. It was simply his submission and obedience to God. When God spoke, Joshua listened and he obeyed. Every part of his life belonged to God, and that is how he led his people to victory and into the promised land. Joshua had consecrated himself to God. Joshua was committed to obeying God. In the book of Joshua, it's an excellent example of what happens when we obey God and what happens when we don't. I want to read Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves or purify yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord will do great wonders among you. So here in chapter three, right here where I just read, this is the day before the Israelites are going to cross the Jordan River. Okay. It's the day before God's going to perform an incredible miracle. And Joshua tells the people to consecrate yourselves. Some versions say purify, some say sanctify, but the Hebrew word here for consecrate is ka-dash, if I'm saying it correctly. And it literally means to consecrate, sanctify, prepare, dedicate, be holy, be separate, be set apart. I think we get what God's trying to say. So when the Lord initially spoke these two words to me, consecrate yourselves, I didn't know exactly what God had in mind. I didn't know how today's sermon would come together initially, but then as I read this verse, it was like everything clicked, and the Holy Spirit just spoke to me exactly what he wanted us to know today. God was asking his people here to be set apart, to be holy, to be dedicated to him, because he was going to do something amazing in their lives, but he needed them ready. And I firmly believe that God desires the same for us as well, Gateway. God is getting ready to do wonders among us. I believe that. I have been praying, seeking God. Our staff has been praying and seeking God. And I can tell you with confidence in my heart, I believe that this is going to be our best year yet as a church. But God is asking us to first consecrate ourselves 
to purify ourselves, to completely surrender every part of our lives to him, to get rid of anything that separates us from him. He wants us ready. Amen? So how do we consecrate ourselves? Let's look at the story in Joshua. First, the Israelites, they're going to cross the Jordan River. And it's miraculous. God literally parts the waters for them on each side. He makes a wall of water. They walk through the river on dry ground. And then they go on to defeat the big city of Jericho by literally just marching and shouting. And the walls came tumbling down. Anybody remember that song? Okay. All right. I'm not going to sing it. For the sake of time, I'm not going to read the story of how they defeated Jericho. But if you've never read it, I encourage you, Joshua chapter 6, read it when you have time. It's an incredible story of what happens when you obey God. It's awesome. I want to look right now at Joshua chapter 6, starting in verse 15. It'll be up on the screen as well. Now, what I'm about to read to you is what happens right before Jericho falls. The people have been marching around the city because God commanded them to one time every day for six days. And on the seventh day, this is where the story picks up. On the seventh day, the Israelites get up at dawn. They march around the town as they had done before. But this time, they go around the town seven times. The seventh time around, as the priests sound the long blast on their horns, Joshua commands the people, shout, For the Lord has given you the town. Jericho and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. Skip down to verse 18. Do not take any of the things that are set apart for destruction, or you yourselves will be completely destroyed, and you will bring trouble on the camp of Israel. And the things that are set apart for destruction, the Lord was referring to silver, gold, bronze, iron, things that are sacred to the Lord. He asked them to bring it into his treasury. If you go on in chapter 6, they do exactly what God tells them to do, and God does exactly what he said he would do. They marched around seven times. They shout. The walls literally come tumbling down. And if you look at the end of chapter 6, it says in verse 27, So the Lord was with Joshua, and his reputation spread throughout the land. It's pretty awesome. But look at chapter 7, verse 1. But Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart for the Lord. A man named Achan had stolen some of these dedicated things. So the Lord was very angry with the Israelites. Now, as the story continues in chapter 7, Joshua, he sends spies to this town called Ai, all right? And the spies, they come back to Joshua and they say, Joshua, listen, it's a small town. There's hardly any people there. It's not big. You know what? We got this. Just send a couple of us out there and we can defeat them. No problem. They were coming off of this victory, right? Off of this battle high. They had just defeated this big city of Jericho. It was pretty incredible. They knew they had this, except they didn't. Listen to this. Look at verse 4 out of chapter 7. I'm just going to skim read some of these verses. So approximately 3,000 warriors are sent, but they are soundly defeated. The men of Ai chased the Israelites from the town gate as far as the quarries, quarries, excuse me, and they killed about 36 who were retreating down the slope. The Israelites were paralyzed with fear at this turn of events, and their courage melted away. What a change in perspective, right? They're like totally amazing and everything's going great and all of a sudden they're paralyzed with fear. (laughs) Joshua and the elders of Israel, they're so upset. They tear their clothing in dismay. They throw dust on their heads. They bow their face to the ground and Joshua cries out, oh God, 
Why did you bring us across the Jordan River if you're just going to let the Amorites kill us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side. Verse 10, Joshua, God says to Joshua, get up. Why are you lying on your face like this? Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. They've stolen some of the things that I commanded must be set apart for me. And they've not only stolen them, they've lied about it and hidden them among their belongings. That's why the Israelites are running from their enemies in defeat. Verse 13, get up, command the people to consecrate themselves or purify themselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, hidden among you, O Israel, are things set apart for the Lord. You will never defeat your enemies until you remove these things from among you. Joshua later figures out that it's Achan that stole these things. And Achan admits it. If you go on in chapter 7 and you pick up in verse 20, Joshua confronts Achan and Achan replies, Yep, it's true. I have sinned against the Lord. I saw the, all the plunder. I saw all the stuff and I wanted it so bad that I took it. I've hidden it in the ground beneath my tent with the silver that's buried there. So Joshua sends men to go search. Sure enough, they go and they find all the stuff that Achan stole. They gather Achan, all of his family, all of his possessions, all of his stuff. They stone Achan and his family, and they burn their bodies. Talk about some serious consequences, right? Talk about dealing harshly with sin. But after all of this is dealt with, it says that God renews his covenant with his people. And in chapter 8, God tells Joshua to go back to Ai again. But this time, they defeat the city with no problem whatsoever. The Lord, he had renewed his covenant with his people. It was so important to the Lord that his people consecrate themselves before him. He had great things that he wanted to do in their midst, but he needed them ready. And he told them that they would never be able to defeat their enemies or move forward until they had removed these things from their lives. God wants to do great things in our lives, Gateway. He wants to do great things in our lives, but he's asking us to get ready. How do we consecrate ourselves to the Lord? I want you to go back to Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3, verse 9. First, in order to consecrate ourselves, we need to control the chaos. Let me explain. So Joshua told the Israelites, come and listen to what the Lord your God says. So right here in this verse, the Israelites, they are on the edge of their miracle. They're about to enter the promised land. It's time. They've been wandering forever. They are ready. They just want to cross that doggone river. They are so ready. And Joshua tells them, we read it in verse 5, consecrate yourselves because God is going to do wonders among you. Then he gives them all the instructions about how it's all going to go down. And then instead of saying, okay, let's go, Joshua says, wait, hold on a second. Come and listen to what the Lord your God says. It's kind of like Christmas morning. The kids are freaking out. They haven't slept all night. They're so excited to open their presents. They've been waiting for months. They don't sleep. They're sitting on the floor. They're like, come on, mom and dad, wake up. It's time to go. You got your type A people who've got their trash bags next to them so they can pick up all the wrapping paper mess. How many of y'all out there do that? Yep. Okay. Thank you. Woo. All right. 
The mess just kills me. Anyways, so they're ready to go, right? They're anticipating. It's so exciting. And then dad comes downstairs and he comes in the living room. He's like, all right, guys, let's read the Christmas story. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I just want to open my presents. (laughs) The people of Israel, they were ready to go. They were so eager to enter the promised land. But Joshua made them stop and listen to what God says. He says, come and listen to what the Lord your God says. We are so busy. Our lives are so chaotic that a lot of us do not take time to stop and listen to the Lord anymore. We are so consumed with our busyness, with our responsibilities, with our routines, with our schedules, with our phones, that we don't hear God speak to us anymore. I want to ask you, when's the last time that you opened your Bible and asked God to speak to you through his word? When's the last time that you just took 10 minutes and you were silent before God and just listened to him? Do you hunger for God's word? Do you want to hear God's voice? Are you taking the time to listen to what God has to say to you? God is asking you and I today to listen, to control the chaos of our lives so we can hear him speak to us. I understand busyness. I work full time. I have four kids. I have a dog. I have a lot going on. And I know everybody in this room, you have a lot going on, right? You and I, we will have every reason why we cannot find time to listen to God, why we can't find time to spend with God, but we have to make it a priority. It is all about choices. Every one of us, we have 24 hours a day, 1,440 minutes, 86,400 seconds. What are you doing with that time? Are you using it wisely? Are you making it a priority every day to listen to God? We cannot do this life without God. John 15, 5, God says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. James 4, 8, come close to God and God will come close to you. We have to listen to God every day. We have to stay connected to him, amen? When you are quiet long enough, to listen to the Holy Spirit speak to you. He will. And he will show you areas in your life that need to change. Which brings me to my second point. How do we consecrate ourselves? First, we control the chaos in our lives and we allow God the space and the time to speak to us. And then we clear the clutter. Forgive the horrible alliteration, but it's what works. (laughs) We clear the clutter. Listen to this. Let's get back to Achan. God, he specifically told the people not to take the things that were set apart for destruction after defeating Jericho. But Achan, he didn't listen. He wanted it anyway. He wanted those things so much, the Bible says, that he took them. I believe that Achan underestimated God. I don't think he really grasped how important it was to God that he listen and obey. He did not take God's command seriously. He compromised, and it cost him significantly. 
And his sin, it destroyed not only himself, but his entire family. If you are in this room and you have a family or you work with people or live with people or are around people, you have a responsibility before God to be pure, to clear the clutter from your life, to get rid of the sin, to walk in obedience to God and his word, because the choices that you make, they do not only affect you, they affect people around you. It affects your spouse, your kids, your neighbor, the people that you work with. It is so important that our lives are right before the Lord. Listen to what God says in Joshua chapter 7, verse 13. You will never defeat your enemies until you remove these things from among you. Obedience to God is so important. For the last, I would say probably six months, there has been a prayer that I have prayed over and over and over again. It is, God, may my heart be in alignment with yours. Holy Spirit, shine the flashlight in my life. Show me the things that need to change. Show me if there's any pride in me. God, may I care about the things that you care about. Point out sin in me, God. I love what David says, Psalm 19, 14. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, God. I want to ask you this morning, where do you need to clear the clutter from your life? Is there sin that needs to go? Are there thought patterns that need to change? Are there choices that you need to quit making or that you need to start making? I want to come back to the first verse we read. Consecrate yourselves. Why? For tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. How many of you in this room, you're listening to me or you're listening online and you want God to do great things in your life? How many of you want to see God's power? How many of you want to see miracles happen? I am so desperate to cross Jordan rivers. I want to defeat Jericho's. I want to see God move in my life, in my marriage, in my kids, in this church. I do not want to come here week after week after week and do the same thing over and over again. I want God to move in this place. I am hungry for a move of God's spirit. I want God to do wonders. And I know that's what God wants for us as well. But I hear him speaking to us, consecrate yourselves. You will not defeat your enemies. You will not move forward until you remove these things from among you. We have to clear the clutter from our lives. And as I'm speaking to you this morning, there are some of you that you're like, you know what, Jamie? I can instantly think of things that needs to go from my life. I can instantly think of sin that needs to be addressed and dealt with. I know I can. But the issue is that some of you, you can think of that sin right away, but you are so filled with shame. And that guilt and that shame, it's just potent. It's so strong that you struggle to even process moving forward. You're stuck in this vicious cycle of sin and shame and condemnation and guilt and frustration. You spin your wheels over and over, and you're tired of it. Anna, if you could just make your way on up here. I want to speak truth into our lives today. We need to be reminded of who Jesus is and what he has done for us. 
I want you to go to Matthew chapter 27. This is such, such a powerful portion of scripture. Matthew chapter 27, right here in this chapter, starting in verse 50, we're at the very end of the crucifixion of Jesus. Jesus is up on the cross. He's been there for a while. He's exhausted. He's almost at the end. He's bleeding. He's tired. It's almost done. It says in verse 50, then Jesus shouted out again, and he released his spirit. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split apart, and the tombs opened. What is the significance of the curtain? Why right at that very moment after Jesus dies? Why is it mentioned right after Jesus dies? The curtain it's what separated God's people from the most holy place in the temple. Prior to Jesus dying on the cross and taking the punishment for our sins, people were not allowed in the presence of God. He was too holy. If they went into his presence, they would die. So this curtain in the temple, it's what separated people from that. Only the high priest was able to go in and only one time a year to make sacrifices for the people. It was a big deal. He's a holy God. So when we look at the crucifixion, it's astounding to me that at the moment Jesus dies, the curtain in the temple is torn in two from top to bottom. It's like God was literally on the edge of his seat. Come on, son. You're almost there. Just hold on just a little bit longer. You've almost done it. At the moment Jesus dies, he removes the barrier that separates us from God. He gives us access into his presence. He's dying to be with us. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. So powerful. I love God's word. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly Enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest, Jesus, who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Look at what Jesus has done for us. Look at God's heart for us. If you are holding on to shame today, if you are in that vicious cycle of sin and shame, and you feel like, man, I'm never going to be good enough, let it go. God's not holding on to that shame and that condemnation. Romans 8.1 says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because the life-giving spirit has freed us from the power of sin that leads to death. God wants nothing more than for us to be close to him. Shame does not come from God. Convic condemnation, it does not come from God. But conviction does. All right? And when you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit 
working in you. It is always from the heart of a loving father who wants nothing more than for you to be close to him. And what you need to do is respond to that conviction. First John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. His desires are for us. Amen. I want to encourage you today, if you are holding on to shame, let it go. Walk in God's forgiveness and what Jesus has done for you. I just want you to bow your heads with me this morning. If you're listening to me speak and you're like, you know, Jamie, I've actually never responded to God's forgiveness. I've never given my life to Jesus, but I want in on that. I want to be forgiven. I want to have a new life with Jesus. I want to walk with Jesus. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand this morning and respond to God and say, yes, I need Jesus' forgiveness. Or maybe this morning you have asked the Lord into your life, but you are just struggling in that cycle of shame and sin and guilt. And you're like, I need to let that go. If God is speaking to you this morning, I want you to raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. You can put your hands down this morning. We're going to end today a little bit differently, but before we move on, I just want to pray and I want everybody to repeat after me. Jesus, thank you so much for what you've done for me. I ask you today to forgive me. Thank you so much that I belong to you, that my old life is gone and that my new life has begun. Thank you that shame and guilt and condemnation is gone forever. I choose you today and choose to walk in your forgiveness. My life is yours. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I want, I want us to end a little bit differently today. I just want everybody, I want you to stand up with me today. And if you're able, I want everyone to come forward and I want you to grab one of these yellow pieces of paper that are up here and a pen. If you need help and you can't leave your seat, I've got Pastor Sean and a couple others who are willing to bring that to you. But I want you to grab a sheet of paper. You can find a quiet place. You can stay at the altar. You can go to your seat wherever you are most comfortable. But I want you to ask God these two questions. Where do you need to control the chaos in your life? How can you slow down and start listening to him more? And where do you need to clear the clutter from your life? Is there sin that needs to be removed? Is there thought patterns that you need to let go of? Is there busyness that you need to cut out? How is God asking you today to consecrate yourself to the Lord? I want us all to take just a few minutes and I want you to answer these two questions. And this is for you to take home. This is just between you and Jesus. You don't need to show this to anybody. This is just between you and the Lord. I want you to take this and I want you to answer these questions. Thank you, God, for speaking to us today. We're just going to take a few minutes and be quiet before the Lord. 
before we worship together in closing, I just have one final thought for you. Uh, at the end of the book of Joshua, Joshua addresses the people and he says, so fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols that your ancestors worshiped. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today who you will serve. Would you prefer the gods that your ancestors served? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Joshua, he knew something. Consecration is not a matter of perfection. It's a matter of the heart, right? God knows on this side of heaven that we will never be perfect. But that's what Jesus did for us, that it literally is the good news. Amen. So you may choose today to be consecrated to the Lord, but what about tomorrow? What about next week? What about six months from now? Consecration is something that we do every day before the Lord. Amen. Every single day, Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I think Joshua, he was saying, you know what? We need to choose it and we need to choose it all the time. And I just want to encourage you this morning as you have committed to consecrating yourself to the Lord, remember every day, every day we need him. Amen. Amen. Why don't you just stand with me? We're going to close out in a time of worship. Thank you so much. Lord, help us to make ourselves available to you. Use our lives, use our will, use our jobs, use our families, use our talents, use our gifts, use our finances. God, they are available to you, Lord, and search our hearts and let us know what we need to lay down at your altar. Let us know how we need to consecrate ourselves. For the one who gave us life, nothing, Nothing is a sacrifice, Lord. Lord, and we thank you for your words in Scripture that says, therefore, offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, that this is our true and proper worship because you laid yourself down, because of your sacrifice, because you have been that example of consecration, of coming to the altar, of coming to the cross, of being that sacrificial lamb who took our sins away. In return, we lay ourselves down. We consecrate ourselves to be used by you not striving in our works, but Lord, but because of the price you paid, laying down everything for you. Lord, and we thank you that through that we are not conformed to the world. We're not conformed to our ways. We're not conformed to our wills. We're not conformed to our values, but we are transformed not just in our bodies, but in our minds and in our spirits. Transformed to a new way of life. Transformed to a new way of living. Transformed to a new way of parenting, a new way of being. 
Lord, and we know that as we consecrate ourselves, as we leave here free and redeemed people, that you are sending us out on a mission, Lord, that you are calling us to be your ambassadors, that as we go as salt and light, that you will be before us, you will be behind us and all around us every single step of the way. We thank you for what you've done, what you are doing, and what you are going to do in us and through us in this place and through this place, in our families and through our families. We give you all the praise and glory and honor, and it's in your mighty and awesome name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. Thank you, Pastor Jamie, for sharing with us today. You guys, I hope you have a great week. You can go in the grace of God. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.